Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Dr. Michelle Dang. We are starting episode number 40 and I'm super excited to share this episode with you all. This episode is entitled Living My Life Without Limits with Dr. Natty Chemowitz. I am so inspired by Dr. Chemowitz. I started this Facebook group called the Fit Female Physicians Back in August of last year, sort of on a whim, I just wanted to create a group that was all-inclusive so I could invite some of my fellow female physicians living in Houston and elsewhere just to share our fitness tips and tricks and to share our journeys. As some of you may or may not know, fitness has not always been a huge part of my life. But in the last, I would say, five to six years, it has become something that I crave and something that I really enjoy. And I try to give myself grace as well, especially during this time of the pandemic. I have not been able to keep up with my normal routine, going to my studio five times a week. I have changed and shifted my fitness to include my family as well. And so I try to schedule a little bit of a workout every day from home. And so I'm super grateful to have my group because we have been able to share a lot of different things that we've had to do to adjust our workout routine just to sort of maintain our own sanity. And for me personally, working out is something that makes me feel really good, even though I may not enjoy it at the moment, but afterwards I feel so accomplished. So to circle back around to Natty, um, I created this group last August and had a lot of people join, even some in Houston that I did not know before, and she is one of them. And in the group, she shared her journey, her weight loss journey, which I felt like a personal cheerleader, and I know some of the other women in the group also did as well, just to see her progress in the last couple of years, and she was very transparent with her story. So I felt very inspired by her, and I asked her if she would like to be on the podcast, and she agreed, and so I'm really excited to share her personal story with weight loss to you all. Hopefully you all can relate and also feel as inspired as I did with her story. So as I said, her title of her episode is Living Her Life Without Living My Life Without Limits. So a little bit about her. She is a pediatric allergy and immunology fellow in Houston. She is a wife and mom to two amazing girls. After what seemed like a lifetime long struggle with her weight, she decided that she was done living her life of limitations imposed by her obesity. Little by little, she changed her lifestyle. She changed her diet, introduced exercise, and improved her overall health. Her journey has not 
uh, and is not easy, but it is so rewarding for her. Her current mantra is, I am worth the effort. Definitely give her a follow on Instagram. She posts her journey on Instagram as well. Her Instagram handle is at Natty Gets Light, and it's N-A-T-Y Gets Light. I hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording this with her. And please remember to follow along every week for new episodes. Leave me a comment, a rating, or review on Apple iTunes, or send me a comment on our Instagram page at wishwell.health and our website wishwell.health.blog. Other than that, get moving, stay healthy, stay strong, and I will talk to you all next week. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Natty Chamowitz. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, she is a pediatric um, immunology and allergy fellow here in Houston, where I live as well. But we actually connected through a fit female physician Facebook group that I started back last fall. And um, I definitely want to love her journey, but she has been such a huge source of inspiration for me and for many other women, female physicians in that group, because she so far has lost 95 pounds, which is incredible. And I definitely want to allow her to share her journey. But uh, welcome, Natty. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. And um, thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you. And um, just want to jump right in and with every guest that I have on the show, ask them what health and wellness means to them in a couple words or phrases. So what does it mean to you? To me, it means to live my life without limits. Um, I, um, what I realized is that I struggled with obesity my whole life and I thought it wasn't affecting me. You know, I could still do everything I wanted to do. I still became a doctor. I still had kids. And then at a certain point, I realized that I was limited by my weight. And it's really being able to get a hold of my health that allowed me to accomplish so much more than I ever um, imagined would be possible. That's so amazing. And like I said, in the very beginning, your story is so inspiring to so many people just because of all that you've been able to achieve in a short period of time. Before we kind of get into this, um, your journey through the weight loss, you mentioned when we first kind of spoke before we started reporting that you grew up in Argentina and you actually came to the U.S. in 2001. So tell, tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. So I came to the U.S. in 2001, and it was about ninth grade of high school, and I didn't speak English at all, um, and it was a really challenging experience, um, just because not knowing the language, I think that transition to high school is hard for everybody, mm-hmm. but certainly not being able to really relate to people. It was also challenging because... Um, even though I was in South Florida with a lot of Spanish-speaking people, um, I was full put in all ESOL classes and um, in a lot of remedial classes. So not only could I um, not communicate with people, I couldn't tell them, like, this is too easy for me. Like, I can mm-hmm. still do math mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So it was a really um, 
big adjustment um, to to do that. And um, socially, it was very isolating time. Mm-hmm. And so how did you go from being a ninth grader, starting high school, not speaking the language? I mean, you, you must have overcome so much in order to get to where you were, like going through medical school and residency and fellow, now fellowship. Yeah, so my first year was um, all in ESOL classes. Um, I remember... Um, I didn't even know how to use a Scantron because in Argentina, we don't do multiple choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember flunking an exam because I couldn't, like I didn't understand that you were supposed to bubble in your answer mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So my first year, I would say, it took me about six months to understand what people were saying to me. And then mm-hmm. about another six months to be able to speak a little bit. Mm-hmm. But after my first year of high school, um, I was, you know, I, I kind of argued to be um, testing, tested so I could get out of ESOL classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of took off from there. Um, during high school, I was able to take a lot of dual enrollment classes. Um, and then um, I went to college, did um, biotechnology, and then was accepted into an MD-PhD program. Um, after that, so um, from an educational career standpoint, it's certainly been quite a ride. Um, and you know, coming from Argentina, not really speaking English at all, I wouldn't have imagined at ninth grade that I would be where I am today. Wow! Congratulations! What a journey for you in terms of your education and coming to a completely new country and learning everything pretty much from the ground up. Um, so, so talk to us a little bit. So you mentioned in the beginning that obesity, like you, obesity, you've had obesity all your life. So tell us a little bit about what your life was like growing up and, and what made you decide to make a a change? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I, the message that I got was that good thing I was smart because I wasn't pretty and I wasn't thin. Um, and you know, obviously that, that really shaped how I saw myself. The first time um, that I was put in a real diet, I was 10. Mm-hmm. And um, I had gone and seen this nutritionist with my mom. And I vividly remember every day for a snack, I had half a banana with um, smoothie with powdered milk because then the volume was more and the calories were less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really set off this restrictive pattern mm-hmm. or I remember going over to my grandma's house and I couldn't have grapes after dinner to have something sweet because they had too much sugar. So I could have an orange, but I couldn't have grapes. And that, that really, um, growing up like that, um, really set off this relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame my family. I think they were really doing the best that they could. They just didn't know how to talk to me mm-hmm. um, about food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend a lot of time really um, with behaviors of eating all I could when nobody was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being on point or not eating you know, very much around people. Um, and that is not a very healthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really c- 
continued um, over the years where there will be some weight loss and then I would lose some motivation or I went on vacation and gained some weight or something like that and then um, gained everything I had lost back and more. Um, and um, December of 2018, um, I was at my highest weight, um, even higher than when I was pregnant, um, about to deliver. I had had uh, my daughter um, a year prior and I had lost all the baby weight and then I gained it all back plus more. And, you know, I was just kind of going through the motions of life and thinking that the weight wasn't really affecting me. Mm -hmm. um, kind of refusing to buy pants. I only wore dresses because that had, you know, the weight better. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to buy bigger pants because if I didn't know my size, then I didn't really, then I wasn't really as big. Mm -hmm. um, refusing to take pictures. <laughs> And then one day I took my then three-year-old to the park and she's my scary cat. She refused to go down the slide. Oh. And there were a lot of other kids also refusing to go down the slide. Mm -hmm. um, the difference is that for those kids, their mom could slide, go down the slide with them. Mm -hmm. But for my daughter, I couldn't because I couldn't physically fit. Mm -hmm. um, so she started crying and she was super upset. And... I just couldn't explain to a three-year-old that because of the way I was eating and because of the way I was living, I just couldn't fit in the slide and go with her. Mm -hmm. um, so that really triggered my motivation to change because I realized that everything wasn't fine, mm -hmm. <laughs> that I was limited and that I wasn't being the best version of myself. I wasn't being the best mom I could be. Mm -hmm because of the choices I was making. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't just about setting an example for her that I wasn't being the best example. I just couldn't um, be the best mom. Mm -hmm. And that moment really triggered me to examine all the other areas of my life where I, you know, I, my weight was limiting me. like my back would hurt carrying my youngest who was one at the time from the car to her daycare classroom or um, tying my shoes was challenging. Um, carrying my daughters one flight of stairs to put them to bed, I would get winded. And that moment really just became evident that something had to change. So what were your next steps? So in the past, um, I'm the kind of person that really enjoys exercise. And when I exercise, I um, eat better. Mm -hmm. It's like, I love working out, but throughout my life, I just kept forgetting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's something that I really enjoyed and made me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I um, look for gyms around my house and I found one. Um, it's um, 1.6 miles from my house. And I, drove, <laughs> and I drove by it every day on my way to work and on my way home from work. So it's like, mm -hmm. I really have no excuses. It's mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. um, so I joined the gym. I had um, made the goal of going three times a week. And that's it. Mm -hmm. um, I said, you know, this is a realistic goal for me and where I'm at. Um, so they offered a two week free trial and I went to the first class 
and I had all these ideas that everybody was going to be looking at me. This is a um, um, high intensity interval training class. Um, and, um, you know, I, I had even called the owner before um, going in the gym. And I was like, your gym looks amazing. But in all your videos and photos, there's nobody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Should I, you know, lose some weight before coming? Like, there's nobody that looks like they have a hundred pounds plus to lose. Uh-huh. It's like, no, no, we'll modify everything. So, the first class, I mean, there will be forty second intervals, and after ten seconds, I needed to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that everybody was looking at me, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody in my head, everybody was thinking, "What is she doing here? She doesn't belong. Look at her. She can't even do it." And I was just trying not to puke. Um, but after the class, um, everybody clapped and welcomed me. And then I was still really trying not to puke in front of everybody. So I rushed out. And this lady followed me out into the parking lot. And again, I'm really trying to puke, not to puke. And she was like, I just want you to know that I'm so impressed you showed up and how hard you pushed. You are amazing. I personally have lost 30 pounds. This gym has really changed my life. Mm -hmm. I'm coming back on Tuesday. I hope to see you here. And I was just so touched. And I was like, oh, 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 okay, yeah, sure. And part of me was just talking really fast because I really, like, I was feeling (laughs) But then I saw her on Tuesday. And then I was kind of hooked. And with that, I was like, well, if I'm going to be working out so hard, maybe stopping at McDonald's every day for breakfast is no longer the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started making diet changes. And um, I didn't go from, you know, stopping at McDonald's every day to, you know, having chia seed pudding. <laughs> um you know, at first, well, I stopped at McDonald's still, but instead of having two egg McMuffins, I had one. Mm-hmm. And then I started making, you know, my own breakfast sandwiches. And then I started realizing that I wasn't really hungry for breakfast. So I've gone through a really big transition um, of what my nutrition is like in addition to my workouts mm-hmm. um, to something that feels sustainable. Um, to me right now. I think that's like, I just want to touch on several things that you said. First of all, um, I just want to, again, just commend you on the fact that you just kept going back and you set a realistic goal for yourself, which I think is very important too, because I think a lot of times um, when you're starting out in something new, you have these ideas like, you know, I'm going to, some people might think, oh, I'm going to try to go six days a week or seven days a week, make the best use of the money or the free trial or whatever. But you were very um, realistic in setting those goals. And you said you're going to do three, three days a week, which I think is definitely attainable. And another thing that I just wanted to say is that everybody has to start somewhere, you know? And so, I mean, I completely understand what you're saying and, you know, and, the sense of you, you are afraid that people are going to look at you or, you know, think things, um, but it is, it, it, you can't control what other people think. And the fact that you had a lady come and congratulate you afterwards. I mean, I think that speaks volumes because really, I mean, I'm, I, I work out a lot. I teach fitness classes as well. I mean, I congratulate everyone who just shows up 
you know, because there are so many people who don't. And so you did. So I think that is great. And you started making better choices. So that was like one step in the right direction. So you mentioned, you know, something that's sustainable. So tell me a little bit about, you talked about transitioning to making better choices. So um, tell me a little bit more about this journey. Uh, you just kept going back to the same gym. Did you, what else did you start to do in terms of your own health and wellness during this time? Yeah. So something that I had always dreamed of was to be a runner. And I had done couch to 5k so many times, at least five times, and I never completed um, I had even signed up to do like a team and training um, marathon and never finished it. Um, so one day in October, um, this past year, I decided to go for a run and see how far I could go. And to my surprise, I did two miles. And that was the first time in my life I had ever run two miles. So then I'm a pretty goal-oriented person. <laughs> So I found a half marathon that had a four and a half hour time limit. So a 20 minute mile on average. And I was like, I can probably walk that for 13 miles. Mm -hmm. So um, I went ahead and signed up. And then this past um, April, I was able to finish a half marathon. Um, so now I'm incorporating running um, also in the mix. Um, now that I'm not going to the gym as much, I I've been doing some um, exercises at home in between lifting weights on the treadmill going outside. Um, we have a Peloton bike at home, so I've been doing that as well. That's um, just so incredible, especially the running. And I think that's really hard. It's such a mental thing for so many people. I, I mean, it, running is very challenging for me as it is. And so the fact that you went from never running and, you know, going to the gym, starting to make healthy choices, and then doing a very first half marathon. I mean, that speaks so much to just the dedication and um, how sustainable your choices are. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, it's been, how long has it been since you started kind of going to the gym over a year and a half or so? Yeah, it's just about, it was December of 2018. Yeah. And you're still going at it and you've incorporated other ways to work out, you know, now that we are in the middle of the pandemic, I mean, you have your Peloton and, and you're running. And so, I mean, I think that's incredible. Tell me a little bit about, um, I know you have two kids. So um, when you started this kind of uh, started going to the gym, you said you had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, I know they're a little bit young, but um now that you're a year and a half out, have they, have they noticed more that you are much more active? You're able to do a lot more with them? I don't think they can really compare it to how mm -hmm. things were. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, even though I started going three times a week, I really love the gym and, you know, would go I six, seven days a week. And when I wouldn't go to the gym, they would ask me, <laughs> Mommy, you're not going to the gym today? Or now they are like, mommy, can we do a plank? Can we work out together? So it's really part of their life. And with regards to nutrition, my two-year-old cries for broccoli. She calls them trees. She's like, I don't want trees. I don't want trees. Um, so it's really, it, it's really fun to see their palate changing. Mm -hmm. um, 
and she has been more open to vegetables and more whole foods. Um, don't get me wrong, they love their chicken nuggets and monkey yeah. mac and cheese, but um, at least they're trying and sometimes really begging for broccoli. Yeah. And what was, what was your diet like when you were growing up? Did you have a lot of healthy choices or was that not, um, you know, an option when you were growing up? So in my family, my mom and I had weight issues and then my dad and my brothers were too thin. So, um, my mom would often cook two completely different meals. Like they would, my brothers would get chicken parm with french fries and then my mom and I would get you know boiled broccoli with a soy based patty thing that tasted (laughs) like what I imagine shoe letter would taste like um and I've been recently learning to cook a little bit I'm making Mm -hmm. vegetables and I'm like wow they're so flavorful they could have been cooked so in you know such much more appetizing ways than the way I remember growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so there were vegetables and stuff available, but I guess in my head, it's just, I wanted the French fries and mm-hmm. I wanted the chicken parm. Well, it tastes um, better Yeah, exactly. <laughs> compared to boiled veggies. Exactly. So um, they were available. I guess I just didn't learn to appreciate them at that time. Mm-hmm. So how has your family been um, throughout this whole journey? Like your, your mom and your husband, um, I'm, I'm hoping that they were very supportive and could see the positive changes that you were, you've been making. Yeah, my husband is so supportive. I, I couldn't go to the gym if it wasn't for him. So my typical schedule um, is going to the gym at 5.15 uh, in the morning. And then my husband would get the girls up and dress for school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would take them on my way to work. So if it wasn't for his support, I couldn't really do that. And he's Mm -hmm. been a little bit more open to um, switching his diet too. Um, Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then my mom, I I know she's very proud of me um, and what I've accomplished. And she tells me often how inspired she is to make changes too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and it does take you kind of making those changes for others around you to take notice. You know, um, I started, I, I started cutting out a lot of red meat in my diet and, um, my parents are all about red meat and they noticed me doing that. And I've done that for over six months now. And so now they're, they will text me pictures of the food they make and it's like, they haven't eaten red meat, a whole lot of red meat either. So it's, it's makes you feel good, right. To inspire others around you to start making positive, healthy choices and changes in their, in their life and their diet. Yeah. Um, as you were saying, that something that um, popped into my head is that one of the things that I've done differently in this wavelength of tent, which I think has made all the difference, is taking ownership for my for my choices. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, if there were cookies in the house or pizza or ice cream, or if they wanted to go out to eat, I would be like, well, I can't diet. There's pizza in the house. You must not care. You must not support me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm responsible for what I put in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that ownership um, and recognizing that it's ultimately up to me. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, while well, balance is important, asking what do I want more, the pizza or my goals, mm-hmm. um, is really important. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is all about your own personal choices and um, you have control over that. Um, so what are some of the challenges that you faced in your journey? So some of the challenges that I face and I'm still facing are, um, I spent 30 years with not the great, greatest relationship with food mm -hmm. and it doesn't switch on or off. Yeah. Um, I still find myself, you know, sometimes um, having this urge to just eat all the time or um, wanting to hide in the pantry with a jar of peanut butter. Mm -hmm. um, the frequency is not as often, but it certainly happens. And what I'm working on is just that relationship with food. Um, and also recognizing that the expectation is not that I'm not gonna, it's not that I'm gonna be perfect and that I'm never gonna have the urge to overeat, that I'm never gonna overeat, never gonna eat something that, you know, doesn't feel the greatest in my body, is that if that happens, I'm gonna move on and get back to eating the way that makes me feel my best. Yeah, and I think it's really important when you talk about something like this is that you have to give yourself grace too because we're all human and I mean, if you fall off the wagon, then it's okay. You just accept it and you just have to look forward because tomorrow is a new day. And I tell my son that too, you know, whenever he makes bad choices and has bad behavior, you know, I tell him his behavior is bad, but um, you know, it's okay. He's human. And even though he made a not so great choice, tomorrow's a new day. So if you can kind of look at it like that, I think um, it, it's, it's a different way of looking at it so that you don't kind of go down the rabbit hole, rabbit hole and kind of just keep going down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, um, two thoughts that I have are, um, you're only one decision away from being back on track. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and then you can't hate yourself then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, right? Because I mean, like you said, you've been kind of, if you have spent most of your life, you know, um, not eating healthy and not exercising, not feeling good, it's so much easier to go back down that path in your mind, you know, but if and realize that um, you can make a good choice next and, um, then that's a more positive way to look at it. Um, is there any advice you can offer to others who may be in um, a similar journey as yourself? One of the things that's made a difference for me is to be open about my journey and my struggles. Mm -hmm. um, just identify those people that you can go to and share your journey. Um, there's were many times where I was just feeling very discouraged um, especially like I did all the right things and the scale didn't go down and I'm convinced I'm never going to reach my goals and it was good to tell that to people and then be like no you're doing amazing you just went for a run you know you're doing all those things these are all the positive things that happen um, and just keep going or you know when my eating wasn't the greatest for someone to be like, hey, get yourself together, yeah. you know, like stop doing that. So whether that's close friends, whether that's an internet community, you'd, we are all in our own journey, but nobody has to go through their journey alone. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I wasn't alone has really, really helped. 
I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful, Natty, for being able to connect with you in our group. And I know that you will continue to inspire so many other people who may be going through a similar journey as yourself. Um, well, we are just about out of time. I know it goes by so quickly. Um, if people want to reach out to you, how can they go about doing so? Um, the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram. Um, my, um, I guess, handle, that's what it's called, is at Natty, N-A-T-Y, gets liked. Awesome. And I know you've posted quite a few progression pictures, which I love to see. And um, I want to, again, congratulate you on such an amazing journey. Um, and I know you're still in it and as we all are, but I appreciate you so much for coming on to share your journey with us today. Thank you so much for giving me the space to share. It's been Thank a blast. You. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.